We're halfway through the year, and thank you guys for joining Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 8. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and thank you guys for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon. What a wild ride it's been so far in 2020, both in the real world and in the National Rugby League. A lot of upsets, a lot of stories. We're going to cover more today from the Brisbane Broncos uh, crisis to New Zealand Warriors players wanting to return home to John Bateman leaving Canberra to Alex Johnson being forced out of the Rabbitohs and all the Round 8 team lists and my footy tips for each of those games. Let's recap Round 7 now. And on last Thursday night, as we go through the results, the Panther Panthers being too strong for the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, I tipped the Rabbitohs in that game. Um, it was 20-12. to 12. I tipped the Rabbitohs for the upset. Uh, we're going to get more into that game later, but I was not impressed with the Rabbitohs' performance. So I was 0-1 and one heading into the second game of the week where the Melbourne Storm were way too strong for a understrength and uh, understandably understrength New Zealand Warriors team. They won 50-6. I tipped Melbourne in that game, so I was 1-2 from two to start the Friday night in the second Friday night game, uh, the Roosters were too strong for the Dragons, 26-12, in a game that was much closer than a lot of people anticipated. I hit the Roosters in that one, so I was two from three. The Cowboys versus the Knights started off Super Saturday. I tipped Newcastle in that game, but it was uh, one-way traffic in the first half for the Knights managed to uh, spring a comeback late. It was 32-20, the final score there. That made me two from four for the week. At 5.30 on the Saturday night, the Broncos... Versus the Titans there from Suncorp Stadium. The Titans with the upset 30-12. to 12, I tipped the Broncos in that game, which made me two from five. So I was in a lot of trouble heading into the 7.30 Saturday game. Uh, and the Eels would just outshot the Raiders 25-24 in a game. They should have wrapped up a lot earlier than they did it. Ended up going to Golden Point by two late tries, tries from Charles Nickel Clogstad there. Um, I tipped the Eels to make myself three from six for the weekend. So I needed a big Sunday, and heading into the Sunday, uh, I was a bit nervous because I did tip the upset in this game, and it was Manly versus the Cronulla Sharks. I tipped Sharks for the upset. They proved way too strong for a uh, Manly team, missing a lot of their attacking spark without Tom Trojevich and Dylan Walker. That made me four from seven, and in the final game of the week, the Tigers, too strong for the Bulldogs, 34-6. I tipped the Tigers in that game, which made my total five from eight, which makes my total for this year. I believe it is, give me one second, I think it was 38 for the season, which uh, places me about 5.4 at an 8-week average. So, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not at 6 out of 8 a week, but it has been a very tough season. I promise you guys a perfect round. I plan to deliver it. Hopefully, it's this week. Um, as I said, my goal every week is to get 6 out of 8 tips correctly. We're going to start this show and get through all my NRL footy tips for this weekend, but before we do, thank you guys again for all your support, all your continued support. Um, it means a lot to see so many people watching from uh, and listening to on Anchor and Spotify, um, and as well Apple iTunes and all the other places that you can get this podcast. Please continue to the support. Please like uh, those videos. Please subscribe to all the channels that you can based on my show, and please share and get the word out for this show, because the more eyes we get on this show... Um, the more chance that I can expand it, we can do more. If you like listening to an NRL podcast from me this week, maybe next season or near the end of the season, I can do a recap show. Um, of course, we can get more guests in. Um, COVID seems to be settling down in Australia. I touch wood for the meanwhile, apart from Victoria. So hopefully um, I can expand the show and get more eyes and get more people listening and uh, make it more fun for you guys by getting a lot of guests and a lot of interesting opinions in on this show. So thank you guys for supporting as always. Please continue to do so. Let's start 
with Thursday night, let's get to my NRL footy tips for round eight. And the round eight action all starts on Thursday night at 7.50pm when the Melbourne Storm take on the Sydney Roosters at Suncorp Stadium. The Melbourne Storm, of course, being forced to move uh, their home game from Amy Park down there in Victoria up to Suncorp uh, because of everything that's going on with COVID down there. Uh, but this is shaping up to be an absolute blockbuster. Both teams coming off uh, wins against lesser opponents last weekend. The Sydney Roosters, they didn't do it easy against the Dragons, but uh, they had a few key men out. Of course, James Tedesco and Josh Morris were late scratchings in that game, and they had uh, two season injury ACL injuries in Sam Verrills and uh, and Victor Radley, uh, which really uh, derailed them a little bit in that game, but they showed a lot of class near the end and just got over the top of the Dragons in that one. Melbourne, of course, coming off that victory against the New Zealand Warriors, as I got into a little bit earlier. The Warriors had plenty of excuses, um, and it was a real classy act by Melbourne, in particular Craig Bellamy and Cameron Smith, to address the Warriors after that game and um, just thank them for everything they've sacrificed so far in 2020. As I said, the Roosters had a few injuries last weekend. The Storm, um, they had also had a major one. Cameron Munster will be gone for a month or two, um, picking up an injury last weekend. So they've got Riley Jacks uh, partnered in the house with Jerome Hughes this week. Jacks had some NRL experience very recently when Jerome Hughes was out. Interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how those two combine, considering that Munster's usually adds a lot of that creative spark and usually is the man responsible for a lot of Melbourne's points. Um, of course, other than the GOAT, um, pretty much in Cameron Smith. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can match the Roosters, who have named a very similar side from last week. They've got Josh Morris back, obviously, and James Tedesco, um, and they've got a couple of young guys coming in for Verrills and Radley's injury, Nat Butcher getting promoted to the starting team. As I said, the Roosters are basically the ben- benchmark of the competition at this point since they lost their first two games. Since the season has been restarted, they are undefeated. Um, they haven't done it easy every week, but... They're playing a style of football that really makes you question what team can match them physically and have enough spark to get the job done like the Roosters come can do when they're in tight spots. Um, you look at their attack this season, they've easily scored the most points in the competition with 201, and the, I think the next best looking at these stats here are the Tigers with 175 points. Obviously, they're um, known for their for their attack and their spark. The Tigers, they do score a lot of points easily. But just highlighting that, and in defense, of course, there's 69 points they've only let in, which is easily the most. The next best is their opponents uh, on Thursday night, the Melbourne Storm. So expect a low-scoring match here, but I just don't know if anyone can tangle with the Roosters at the moment. I mean, I've got Canberra as premiers, and I've said this all along. I still think they're going to be premiers. Parramatta, I've rated a lot over the last couple of weeks. have gone on about how impressive they've been, and Penrith, um, and of course Melbourne, but I just don't see anyone stopping the Roosters at the moment. If they do have one weakness, in my opinion, it can be that they sometimes can drop off in matches. They haven't really played an 80-minute complete performance this year, apart from maybe against the Broncos when they demolished them 59-0, but I don't know if that was more of a Brisbane being garbage thing or the Roosters really coming out and playing for the full 80 uh, Luke Keary and Kyle Flanagan, I'd like to see more pressure put on on them, and I think the Storm and Craig Bellamy's plan will be to target them, especially defensively. I mean, um, get a lot of their bigger bodies like Jesse Bromwich and Welsh and uh, Kenny Bromwich and Fanuke and all those guys, um, targeting them in defense. But people like Angus Crichton and Boy Corden have done such a good job in covering them this year. So it's going to be a very interesting battle tactically. Um, from the decisions that the coach make. I said that I think it's going to be a low-scoring one, but I think the Roosters might be too strong here. 
Uh, the loss of Cameron Munster is massive for Melbourne, and I just don't know if they've got um, enough creative spark um, to score many points against the Roosters, and I think the Roosters will find a way to score those points when they need to. Um, it's good to see uh, Ryan Papahousen and Monal Trotsky and Vunavalu, all those guys getting back to their best for Melbourne um, and really playing well last week against the Warriors, but to do it against the Roosters, the different feats, and um, you, know, the, uh, you look at this Roosters team and you really fail to see even in, the, in their starting team in particular, seeing a weakness across the board apart from maybe um, targeting someone like Kyle Flanagan and Kieran defence. But I think the Roosters will be too strong in this one. I've got the Roosters by eight points to start the round. But don't get me wrong, it's going to be an absolutely entertaining game. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be potentially the game of the year. Which takes us to Friday Night Football and two interesting games this round at 6pm. Uh, from Canberra Stadium, uh, GIO Stadium, down there in Canberra for their first match there since round one. The Canberra Raiders will take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons, and uh, it's definitely a tale of two teams that are on opposite ends of form. The Dragons did have a two-game winning streak going and were looking quite good in patches against in their wins against Cronulla um, and, the, and the Titans, uh, but last week they... Got they got they were pretty good against the Roosters, but they got taught um, how to step up in the big moments. I mean, the Roosters were all under all sorts of pressure at one point in that game, but they just managed to find a way. Um, and they're going to have to be very good this week if they're going to tangle with the Canberra Raiders, who, as I said, are, are out of form. I mean, they were good at parts against in against Parramatta uh, in that game on Saturday night, but and when the moment you know to step up Kane Chance Nickel Clogstad and a couple of those guys really took the opportunity Jack Wyden and uh, really made a game of it but uh, they're desperate for a win they're going to need one they've lost a couple on the trot now um, to go to their season I think they're 4 and 3 now the Dragons are 2 and 5 so very important for both teams the Raiders will be looking to end that losing streak and get back on the winners board and uh, and the Dragons well it's all about uh, Paul McGregor obviously got a lot of pressure on him. It's all about consistency, and if they even if even if they are to lose this game, it's about showing improved performance. I was uh, really impressed by Matt Dufty's passing game. He's definitely been working on that in the off season. Um, but defensively, as I said, I've still had issues there. Um, Norman and, and Clune, as I said, I'd like to see them both take more control. It's pretty much the same story every week for the Dragons, in my opinion. Um, as I said, they've overachieved in the past couple of weeks. But it's all about being consistent. And the, the Raiders, Ricky Stewart's going to be absolutely filthy um, with their last month of football. As I said, they've been good in patches, but they need to be consistently good. Um, I'd like to see Jack Wyden and George Williams take a little bit more control in general kicking games. And they just drop on the ball too much. Um, a lot of teams have been failing to do that. Some of their bigger body forwards with these new rules have, have failed to adjust um, so far. They're going to be tired easily. Of course, they just lost Corey Horsburgh for the rest of the year. Um so they're a little bit vulnerable at the moment, and I think this is the game to get their confidence back. I think they might be too strong for the Dragons. And before we get to my next match, I just want to highlight John Bateman um, today announcing that he will be leaving the Canberra Raiders. A very big loss for the Raiders, but not one that I think um, they can't cover. I mean, the guys in the, in the forward pack have been doing a pretty good job this year. Uh, Bateman was a great player, and he is a great player. It was a fantastic 2019 season. Um He's currently weighing up his options to either go to the Bulldogs or uh, overseas back to England. If you trust the reports, of course, he's got a family and a daughter over there in England, um, which might prompt him to go back there. But I think it's very important for Bateman to get over this injury that he's currently dealing with, get back on the field, play some good football, because he had a fantastic 2019 season. A lot of suitors are going to be out to try to get him. But 
He had one good season, second-year syndrome in the NRL sometimes is a thing. So I think the most important thing for Bateman before he is, you know, to ne- he probably is negotiating now, let's be honest, but before he um, settles his futures just to get back on the footy field and start playing some good football and helping Canberra um, get back to their best, which I think they're going to make a real improvement and a lot of strides to get back there this week. And I think this is going to be a real confidence-boosting victory against the Dragons team that will be very competitive. And don't get me wrong, it's a, a danger game for Canberra. As I said, they, they need a win desperately. They haven't been at their best. Dragons have a fair bit of confidence. They took the Roosters to the limit to a certain point last weekend. Um, so I think they took a lot of that match. But I think the Raiders might be just a bit too strong for this one. I've got the Raiders by four points, as I said, in a very close game. Moving on to the second game of Friday Night Football at 7.55 p.m. at Bankwest Stadium down there in Parramatta when the Parramatta Eels take on the North Queensland Cowboys. If you asked me uh, two weeks ago what I thought about this potential matchup, I'd say that it'd be one-way traffic and the Eels would be able to get the job done pretty easily. But hasn't the situation changed in the past seven days for both these teams? Starting with Parramatta, they managed to get the job done in Golden Point with a King Guffo field goal. Clint Gufferson, first field goal of his career. Congratulations there. Winning that game 25-24 to in a really entertaining game of football. Um, but let's be honest, they probably should have wrapped that one up a little bit earlier um, and... They haven't really played for 80 minutes so far this season, even though they're flying high on top of the ladder. But the big story out of that game was uh, halfway through the game, they lost their star halfback, Mitchell Moses. Looking at the team list this week, they've kept a mostly uh, similar team, um, apart from the inclusion of the former St. George Illawarra Dragons uh, utility, Jai Field, uh, comes into the side at halfback. It's going to be very interesting to see how he uh, combines with Dylan Brown. Mitchell Moses, known for his, you know, solid kicking game um, and really controlling the game uh, to his tempo. Uh, they're versing a Cowboys team that I was pretty much riding off um, this time last week. However, they came out and did a number on Newcastle, 26-0 in the first half. Of course, the Knights hit back a bit there in the second half, but they managed to get the job done. Um, and they also, looking at this team list, might be helped by the inclusion of Valentine Holmes, who, have been, uh, who has been named at number 19 for this game. And they looked full of confidence. They were great last week, uh, the Cowboys. Scott Drinkwater and Jay Clifford really controlled the game well. Tamalolo was at his usual uh, damaging best there. He ran for about 300 metres and... Uh, Helped out by Josh McGuire and the return of Jordan McLean as well. They looked really sharp. Um, the hammer, Hamiso, uh, did a really good job there at fullback as well. So a lot of positives to take away from the performance last week by the Cowboys. Obviously, they're going to have to back it up this week against the one of the benchmarks of the competition in Parramatta. They are on top of the ladder for the re- for a reason. I said they haven't played 80 really this year, 80 you know solid minutes of football, but they've been very good uh, for the majority. Um, of the season, and they're going to be hard to beat. But I think this loss by Mitchell Moses uh, definitely hurts them. Um, no doubt about that. I think they've got enough to cover him around it. But it'll be interesting to see how Brown and Jifield combine because uh, Drinkwater and Clifford are starting to get a little bit of a roll on. Um, Newcastle were disappointing last week, but they uh, they looked good all during that match. Um, so there's positive signs for the Cowboys uh, pending a return of Michael Morgan. And I think they're going to really give this game a shake. I think they're really going to take it to Parramatta. I've got Parramatta, but I've only got them by one. I think it's going to be very close to the Cowboys. I think they're paying about $4 um, on the betting markets. So could be a little bit of value there. I've got the Eagles just. I think they might have a bit too much class at the end, but I expect the Cowboys to be in this game for a long period of time. Um, And I think they're starting to get back to their best football. 
We're off to my favorite time of every weekend of football, Super Saturday, and it all starts at 3 p.m. when two teams that are coming off wins in Round 7 go at it at Seabar Super Stadium for the first time in a long time. The Gold Coast Titans return home to take on the Cronulla Sharks. And what a win by the Titans Saturday night. The Broncos, very disappointing in that game, but take nothing away from Gold Coast. They were complete class um, there at Suncorp last weekend. They return home. They're going to be full of confidence, but they're going to be versing a Cronulla Sharks team that are starting to get back to playing some of their best football. They're now two wins on the trot, um, and it was a good performance against Manly. Their attacking weapons really fired a little bit. Uh, concerning was the points that Manly scored near the end of that game. But uh, Cronulla um, are starting to get back to their best football as well. So it's going to be a very interesting game, this one. I remember a couple of years ago, the Sharks beat the Titans 10-9. to That just, for some reason, stands out in my mind. I think we're going to get a, a, another tight game here. Both of these teams uh, can score points. Um, that, that's for certain. Sometimes both of these teams' defense can be a little bit sketchy as well. I don't know if any of these teams are a top eight side. And speaking of which, in a couple of weeks... Um, at the end of round 10, we'll get into uh, the mid-season review and we'll go through those te- these teams then. But I think uh, both of them are capable of winning this game. The Sharks are $1.50 favorites. Titans are two fifty in this one. I think the Titans are a bit of value here. Um, Ash Taylor played his best game of uh, rugby league in several seasons last week. He really looked good, really looked confident. And a confident Ash Taylor is what Gold Coast needs to be successful for the rest of the season. I don't think anyone expects them to make the finals, but I think uh, they can definitely cause a few more upsets and win a few games this season. Um, I think they they beat the Titans. Uh, sorry, they beat the Tigers. I think it was round four, round five. But uh, I think last week one was their best performance of the season, and it was also the Cronulla's. Um, Johnson looking really good for him. Katoa still scoring plenty of tries, and Matt Moylan starting to get back fit, um, which is good to see as well. So. Um, I think this one will be a tight one. There's going to be plenty of points scored. If there's a market for overs, I'd be going the overs in this one. But I've got... I'm just considering because I think the Titans, as I said, are a real shot in this one. I'm actually... Uh, do I do it? Do I tip them? Um, as I said, I'm, I haven't planned... I don't plan these podcasts. I'm just tossing up who to tip in this one. You know what? I'm going to go... I'm going to go the Sharks. I think they've got a bit too much for the Titans um, with the ball in hand. I, I like what I'm seeing. I think there's a lot of improvement in that team. I've got the Sharks by two points in a very close game. Um, and the last couple of weeks, 3 p.m. games haven't necessarily been the highest quality. Even though the Titans are playing in this one, full credit to them. I think there's going to be a very entertaining game of football, and I'm really looking forward to watching it. To start my Super Saturday and maybe pop a few beers or a couple of beers in there as well, watching this one. At 5.30 on Saturday afternoon, the Brisbane Broncos uh, take on the New Zealand Warriors from Central Coast Stadium. The Warriors, of course, being based out there. And I have been dreading uh, previewing this game. I knew it was coming up, and I've got a lot to say about both teams. In fact, this could be my longest preview ever, where I talk nothing about the match edition, because I've got a lot to say about these two sides. Uh, we'll start with the Warriors. Of course, there's during the year, the year and the, this week in particular, there's been a lot of talk about uh, players potentially going home and traveling. And uh, after each game, every NRL team's been showing their respect uh, for for the club, for the sacrifices the players and the staff and everybody are making um, to make sure there are 16 teams playing in the NRL. However, uh, they conceded 50 points last weekend against the Storm, the Warriors, and uh, there was question marks this week about who would be lining up for them. 
looking at these team lists now, it looks like majority of these players, if not all of them, will be playing this week, not going back to New Zealand. Uh, of course, they changed coaches in Stephen Kearney, but uh, I don't think they should be blamed. I think if they're players, this is what I'd be main, mean to say all week, I don't think they should be blamed for anything um, for anything going on because if you look at the Warriors, they're basically training, they go back to their hotel, they have to social distance and all that stuff to, to get on the field, um, and they're not with their families. They they can't see anyone except, obviously, the guys they're playing football with. Um, so if they want to go home, I reckon the NRL should let them go home. I mean... The NRL, rugby leagues, you know, I love it. I'm, I'm literally, you know, in the middle of a rugby league podcast here today, but there's more important things than, than football. And uh, I don't think they should, any player that wants to go home, I think they should be able to go home. I don't think they should get uh, blamed. I think they should still get paid the same. I don't know if they will do all this, what I'm saying, but I don't think they they sh- uh, should lose out on any of their wages. Um, of course, the Warriors, if those players do go, they'll want to bring some other guys up maybe some player loans, maybe bring some young guys through the system. Um, and if they, if the players that you know, obviously go back to New Zealand and if we can't solve this whole COVID issue, if they still have to play in Australia, those guys that come up, they play good football. They should keep their spot. So I think uh, it's an interesting situation we're in. I think they should still get played, paid the same money. If they, if they do want to go back to New Zealand, as I said, the family is the most important thing from in my life. And I'm sure for plenty of these Warriors players, um, but yeah, I, they, they would be dangerous and losing their spots. So it's an interesting question. As I said, I, I fully support the Warriors and I think the media should kind of lay off them and, and let them let them make their own decisions because it has not been easy, especially replacing Steve Kearney with Todd Payton. I don't know if that whole situation was handled properly and we're in a position where the Warriors could be conceding a lot of points per week. Um, they might not win many more games this season, but they've got all the excuses in the world. And usually, you know, I don't like that term, excuses. But this season, there's simply more important things uh, than the rugby league field for the New Zealand Warriors. So whatever happens from this point onwards, I just want to say that I'm not going to be on this podcast. I'm not going to be too highly critical of them. Moving on to the Brisbane Broncos, um, before I preview this match, I know this is going to be a long match preview, but... The Broncos is the team that I will criticise. The Brisbane Broncos were absolutely a disgrace at 5.30 last Saturday evening. It's a game where they really could have came out and showed their intent for the rest of the season. The Broncos, they've been struggling since COVID. They've been getting absolutely flogged every week, of course. They lost 59-0 to the Roosters. They lost 34-6 to the Eels one week. 27-6 in a match against Newcastle where they only scored from an intercept try. They were winning 18-0 against Manly, which is their one shining light before uh, they collapsed and Manly won that game 20-18. And then on the weekend, 30-12 against Gold Coast is a real chance for them to prove that it's a long season. We've got plenty of the season left to improve and to show what we're made of and to show some heart and some pride into that jersey. They completely failed at that. Um, and it's sad to see. I mean, Anthony Seaboyd, let's be honest, he came to Brisbane with a lot of expectation. Uh, the newspapers wrote him up to say that this man is the man to deliver us a premiership. At the moment, the Broncos have never been in worse state. I mean, it is an absolute disgrace in my opinion, and I know the media has been very heavily scrutinizing uh, this team over the past week, but I'm going to dig in why I'm here as well. Um, I don't like digging in and and giving plenty of criticism because these guys are just human, but the Broncos joking around with the New Zealand Warriors... Uh, not the, sorry, sorry, the Gold Coast Titans after that game. 
this is a team, this is a club that's never been in the worst state. Um, and these guys need to take some responsibility for their actions. You've got guys like Anthony Milford um, that have been in the club for year, years, Darius Boyd, Corey Yost. These guys aren't performing on the field. And Anthony Milford, it is his job to control the team around the park. He's the experienced playmaker. I know they got Croft in there to let Milford roam, but I think Croft's been trying his heart out. But there's a lot of these Broncos players that need to really question themselves and ask themselves, am I given everything I've got here? Because... From what I'm seeing on the football field, they're not they're not given everything they've got. Their their ball handling is terrible. Um, they just seem disinterested in matches. And um, man, I I grew up in the early 2000s, um, and obviously the late 90s. And you go back and look at those 90s teams. The Broncos were the ultimate professionals under Wayne Bennett. Um, they every single week they tried. They had a they were known they were known for Bullying opposition with their fantastic forward pack. Um, they were all around class. And to see how far this forward team's fallen, uh, if we go back, Wayne Bennett had a bit of a fallout uh, back in 2008 with the Broncos, which led him going to the Dragons in 2009-2010. He got the Dragons a premiership there. Um, and they got in a couple of guys uh, like Henjack and Griffin that tried hard, but they couldn't get the result. They were on a bit of a downward spiral, the Broncos. They got back Wayne Bennett in, what was it, 2015, and he got him to the grand final against the Cowboys. Um, he brought back that professionalism in the organization. And then they kind of fell off a cliff again. Wayne Bennett had a lot of problems with the boards near the end of his tenure. Um, they got Seaboard in because they felt a change was needed. Uh, but the culture of the Broncos are gone. I mean, there's former players that don't want anything to do with the club because that's what's happened. And I don't... To, to think Anthony Seaboard is going to come in and win this team a premiership, I think is short-sighted, especially if he's coaching them like any other team, because they're not any other team, the Broncos. They have the biggest football market in Australia, and they're just not using it to their advantage at all. They can get so many juniors from Brisbane. It's the most popular uh, city to have rugby league in, Suncorp Stadium. The NRA wants to promote how much you know Suncorp Stadium uh, is doing for the game, how they need another Brisbane team. But honestly... If they can't sort their one Brisbane team out, it's an absolute joke. Um, Wayne Bennett understood this club more than anyone. Of course, he's having troubles with the Rabbitohs this season. But to sack Wayne Bennett, get Seabold in, and then let guys like Andrew McCulloch go, Josh McGuire go, some match let, obviously he retired. But some of these veteran players gone from the club, they're lacking leadership. They need to step up. They're not going to get an easier game than this weekend against the Warriors to do it. But I just don't know if they've got it in them. I mean... I'm looking at this game, and I mean, the Warriors have plenty of excuses, as I said. The Broncos have no excuses. I mean, they've had some injury concerns, sure, but they've got enough talent on paper. We've seen what they've done in the first two weeks of the competitions before the, re- the rule changes happened, and you can make all the excuses in the world saying that they haven't adjusted to the, the new rules because they've got bigger bottle forwards, stuff like that. They've had over a month to adjust. They should be, they should be well-adjusted to that by now uh, to be at least winning some games of football, and if they don't beat the Warriors this week... They're really going to struggle to win another game this season. It is a disaster there in Brisbane at the moment. I know I've spent too long on this topic, but it's disappointing to see. When rugby league's going strong, the Brisbane Broncos are going strong, and at the moment, they're they're in all sorts of trouble. So in this game, anyway, back to it. Who knows who's going to win? It's it's the store fest of the week, um, and that's nothing against the Warriors. As I said, they've got a lot of personal issues going on. Um, surely the Broncos can win a game. I'm tipping the Broncos... 
Show them faith in them for the last time to finally get it together. I've got the Broncos by 10 in this game because they really should win, but they should have beat Gold Coast last week, and they just did not show up. They need to show up this weekend for their supporters um, and for rugby league as a whole because Brisbane need to have a strong rugby league presence um, if if rugby league is going to be in good shape going forward into the future. Give us your best, Brisbane, please. So sorry about that rant. Uh, obviously, it's probably the longest in the history of this short podcast, but I just wanted to make my feelings clear. This is supposed to be a positive podcast. We're going to try to make the rest of the show positive. Uh, moving on to 7.30 at Benquest Stadium, the West Tigers are going to host the Penrith Panthers, and both of these teams on a bit of a roll at the moment. The Tigers are getting a couple of wins um, in a row now and really showing that they're starting to become a consistent team. Um, it was only against the Bulldogs, who obviously have had their struggles this year, but they really look good. Adam Dewey's playing some great football there. Josh Reynolds has been a welcome inclusion into this Tigers team. Obviously, the controversy of the dropping of Benjamin Marshall, but he's added a lot of toughness to this Tigers team. Um, and obviously, the superstar Harry Grant coming over from Melbourne, been absolutely outstanding this season, and it might have been his best performance of the year there on Sunday night against the Bulldogs. They're facing no easy task because the Panthers were pretty good last week against the Rabbitohs. They weren't at their best, but they definitely got the job done. Nathan Cleary. Absolutely outstanding every game since he has returned from that suspension earlier this year. I think he's really maturing as a, both a football player and a person. And uh, he's really controlling the team really well. Their forward pack, guys like Katamo, Fisher-Harris, Isaiah Yeo, week in and week out, they're just playing some of their best football. They're going to be welcomed with the return of Josh Mentor, or Mentor who was a late exclusion last week as well. So really good signs for this Penrith team. Um, they're going to be winning a lot of games in 2020. I don't know if this one's going to be so easy for America and the Tigers, um, a team that's in their history has been so inconsistent, and obviously they've been ninth for a fair few seasons, hence the joke of the Tigers always being ninth, but they're in the top eight at the moment. Huge game for them to show their worth this weekend. I think um, an upset's on the, on the cards here, and I'm going to tip the West Tigers in the upset. I think um, they're just the sort of team with their... Uh, I wouldn't say flashy, but their unpredictable offense uh, can really bother this uh, Penrith forward pack and really get them spinning. Um, and I think confidence is a funny thing in rugby league, and I think the Tigers have plenty of it. Not to say that the Panthers don't, because they're absolutely flying at the moment. They're definitely potentially, um, they're definitely a top eight team. They're potentially a top four team, but I think the Tigers are flying. As I said, they're full of confidence. I think they can upset the Panthers by four points in this game. I'm tipping the Tigers for the upset. In this one. Sunday afternoon football starts at 4 o'clock from Lotto Land when the Manly Seagulls take on the Newcastle Knights in what could be a potential blockbuster here. Both of these teams coming off big losses last weekend. Uh, Manly obviously have a lot of issues. They're not at full strength. Their superstar Tom Sarovic and Dylan Walker, of course, both hurt a fortnight ago. They looked lost last week uh, when they were on attack, mainly. They, 20 metres out from the line, um, they didn't really know what they, how to bother and how to cause uh, attacking pressure on Cronulla. Um, Cherry Evans, of course, he's a great general playmaker. General kicking game's fantastic. Um, but uh, when the he, he just lacks that spark on attack. And uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Walker, of course, his absence brought in... Uh, Lachlan Croker, who really did a good job. I think he outplayed Cherry Evans. So there are some positives there. Ruben Garrick was really good at fullback, but they really just added, lacked spark, and you never felt confident that they could score points down in that red zone uh, of Cronulla's. 
Defensively, they also struggled during that game as well. They did score a few late consolation tries, but overall, a very disappointing try, uh, performance from Manly, who are going to have to be a lot better if they're to challenge a Newcastle side, who admittedly, they were off their game last weekend as well. They really struggled against the Cowboys. They were terrible in that first half. In fact, they're losing 26-0. Um, they do welcome back Bradman Best this week um, and a couple other guys, but uh, Ponger and Mann and Pierce, they were off a little bit, and they didn't really provide the attack, uh, opportunities in attack, but they didn't get much of a chance to because the amount of possession the Cowboys had in the first half, um, they put a lot of pressure on. The Knights' forwards failed to fire as well. Um, guys like Clemmer and Saifidi were not at their usual best, so they get uh, all around they're going to have to be better. Uh, Newcastle, just like Manly, so it's definitely a game of redemption for these two teams. Um, I think Newcastle just have a little bit more firepower at the moment. I mean, they were off last week. Adam O'Brien... Um, their new coach has been outstanding, getting these boys focused um, and really uh, making making them a strong unit, uh, both uh, mentally and physically. And I think he's going to have them up for a game against the weekend Manly side, who I think will be better than they were last weekend. But I just don't see where the points are going to come from as well. I mean, as I said, uh, Lachlan Croker was good last weekend, but Cherry Evans really needs to step up. Jay Sirojevic really needs to step up as well. I think he needs to play a more direct role. I think they've got him playing a bit too playmakerish at the moment. Um, obviously, he's more of a uh, he's more of a uh, ball player than he is a uh, a general hit up guy at the moment. Um, obviously, his defense has always been outstanding, but I think if he plays a bit a little bit more direct um, and their forwards in general play a little bit more direct and and straight up and uh, and straight down the middle of the guts of Newcastle, they can cause some issues. But I've just got. Uh, Newcastle with with their their big stars Pierce and Ponga just finding those points at the right moments of the game. I think it will be a low scoring one this one because I think both these teams usually have pretty good defence. Obviously they both struggled last weekend, but um, I've got Newcastle just being too strong in this one. I've got Newcastle by twelve against the Manly Seagulls, which leads us to a big game to end the round at six thirty p.m. on the Sunday night at Bankwest Stadium. The South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Both these teams were far from their best last weekend. The Rabbitohs, uh, well, their completion they were their, wor- their completion rate was terrible. They were their own worst enemies last weekend. Uh, it was a game where I tipped them and I thought they could really, um, really fire up and show that they can challenge the best teams in this premiership race against Penrith. Um, but they failed to fire. They creatively weren't there. Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker and Latrell, they weren't at their best. Their forward pack got out-muscled. And they, as I said, they just could not hang on to the ball. Penrith were not at their best, and South just did not take the opportunities that were given to them. Um, they they just threw the game away. Um, and they need to get the simple things right, the Rabbitohs, if they're going to challenge any of the good teams. And I actually saw Phil Gould uh, posted an article in, I believe it was the Daily Telegraph, maybe it was the Sunday Herald, um, which I was going to address because I was actually thinking the same thing when I was watching the Rabbitohs last Friday night, and I was actually going to put it in this podcast he hit the nail on the head. I think I've never agreed more with Phil Good in my life when he said that the Rabbitohs can beat uh, the weaker teams and can really bully the weaker team, teams and get some victories. But against the top eight teams, and in particular the top four teams, they're not going to fire a shot. And that is indicative of me of the Rabbitohs season so far, uh, winning against the lesser opponents, but then really not showing their worth against the good teams like the Roosters, the Eels, the Panthers, the Storm. They could make the finals, South Sydney, but uh, until they prove to me that they can tangle with one of the stronger teams in the competition, until they 
fix their handling errors, I think they're a long way away from being a threat to this uh, premiership. With the Bulldogs, they were not at their best against the Tigers. They've had a struggling season. They're down 16th on the bottom of the ladder by themselves with only one victory. There's signs of improvement there. Of course, they lost their best player early last week, which didn't help him in Will Hopawati. Uh, Jake Avaro got injured as well with a head knock. He's not playing this weekend on these teams. I thought um, Kieran Foran wasn't at his best with Wakem, but uh, we'll see how that combination goes this weekend. I mean, Foran was controlling their team around pretty well a couple of weekends ago. It is a rematch of the 2014 Grand Final, this one. It's usually a, a close match, a solid match. I expect no different here. Um... The Bulldogs definitely capable of an upset, and I think they're definitely a chance in this game. We've seen a lot of upsets this season. The Bulldogs, I think, they're not too far away from a win despite the store line blowing out on Sunday. Um, if they show up defensively, they can really, uh, you know, they can really bring it, to, uh, take the Rabbitohs to the sword here. And if the Rabbitohs can't score easy points, they're going to struggle with their ball handling again and could make a lot of unforced errors. I've got the Rabbitohs just by one point in this game. I've got it very, very close. Um, and that concludes my round eight of my NRL footy tips uh, for 2020. Let's recap the rounds and let's go to Steve's bets of the week. All right, that concludes my footy tips for round eight. As I said, I'm still searching for that first perfect round of the season. My goal at the start of the year was to get a six-a-week average. Let's hope we can get it this week. Let's recap my tips for round eight of the Telstra Premiership. On Thursday night, I've got the Roosters outgunning the Melbourne Storm in a blockbuster. I've got Canberra just surviving against the St. George Laura Dragons on Friday night at 6 p.m. The second game on Friday night, I've got Parramatta just surviving against the Cowboys. The Cowboys going to put a mighty challenge against them. I've got the Eels by one in that game. The Saturday, Super Saturday, my favorite time of the week. I've got the Sharks just against Gold Coast. I've got the Broncos finally showing something against the New Zealand Warriors. You've heard my rant. You've heard my talking about the Broncos. You're probably sick of it. Let's move on. I've got the upset of the week uh, at 7.30 on Saturday. I've got the Tigers upsetting the Panthers there. On Sunday, I've got Newcastle being too strong for a week in Manly side. And I've got the Rabbitohs just against the Canterbury Bulldogs on the Sunday evening. Let's get over to my bets of the week now. Um, and this week, like usual, I didn't plan my bets of the week. But uh, looking at these odds right now, I can see a couple of teams that uh, are value. Um, let's put the Sydney Roosters. We're going to put them with the the Brisbane Broncos. Yes, the, the controversial topic of the week, the Brisbane Broncos, we're going to put them with Newcastle, those three teams together, the Roosters, the Broncos, and Newcastle. We're going to put $20 only in that game. I'm spending 50 like usual, but 20, put 20 on that game. That gives us $77 um, from $3.88 odds. So 77 if you go the Roosters, the Broncos, and Newcastle. We're going to put $20 just on the West Tigers, who are paying $2.50. That gives us a return of $50. And my special for the first time in this podcast, we're going to go a try score of the week. We're going to put 10 on it. And it's going to be on the... Just looking. It's going to be on the Canberra Dragons game. We are going to go for the first try scorer. The odds aren't out yet, so I can't tell you how much he's going to be paying. We're going to go Curtis Scott, who has been struggling in recent weeks. 
to crash over against the Dragons. I reckon he'll probably be paying about 17 bucks. Put 10 on that. That gives us about $170. So those are my bets of the week. The Roosters into the... Who does I say? The Roosters into the Broncos into Newcastle for $77. 20 bucks on the Tigers. Uh, head-to-head to get 50 and $10 on Curtis Scott to score first try in the Raiders versus Dragons game. Those are my bets of the week. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. As always, please like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff, uh, whether it be on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can get this podcast. Please get the word out. As I said, if you guys support this show, more opportunities for more podcasts, for potential guests to finally come on. I've been looking forward to it. I'm trying, trying to get the tech ready um, for that. But uh, please support. Let's hope we can have a good weekend footy tipping. Let's hope I can finally get my first perk around the week. Good luck on the pun. If anyone's punning, please enjoy the weekend of football. Enjoy your beers if you have them. And have a great and safe weekend. I'll see you guys next week at the same time for Steve's NRL footy tips for 2020. Thank you.